Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well today, and I hope everybody had a great week. Mine was you know, a little bit uneventful, but yeah, whatever, it was just another week. Made it through it, now it's Sunday, and we can get ready for the next one. Kind of the way it feels, but anyway, let's uh, go over what we're going to be talking about today. I went over the uh, NES launch titles this week, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't have them all, but I managed to play the ones that I did, and, you know, they were fine. I, I remember them, or at least the ones that I remember, they were a lot of fun. And, you know, the ones that I got to play for this, they were pretty fun. Once you put them into context with, you know, them being arcade ports, or at least arcade-like games from the 80s, it was a pretty solid launch lineup for the NES, and, you know, it's a... Uh, it did what it needed to do in kind of making video games popular again, at least with the analysts and with the retail stores. It's one of the weird things that kind of gets overlooked. Video games were always popular with people, but you had analysts and then you had the people that sell the video games, they kind of soured on them. It's a, it's a weird thing when you really look into the North American video game crash and just see all the weirdness that went on with it and some of the stuff that took place afterwards. Also played a little bit of Parasite Eve as well. It's one of those games that just kind of reminds me of Christmas. It was one of the first games that I got really as, um, yeah, one of the first games that I got when I got my PlayStation. I think I got it in the summer of that year, so about 1998. I got it in the summer, and the only game I had for it was Breath of Fire. Yeah, Breath of Fire 3 for, oh gosh, a number of months. <laughs> I didn't have a job at the time because I was a freshman in high school. Didn't have my car yet. Didn't have any way to go out and get new games or anything like that. So we kind of just had to, or at least I did, I had to wait to uh, go and rent them on the weekends. And then eventually Christmas came around, and I got Parasite Eve, Xenogears, and I think Final Fantasy VIII. So it was two games that I really liked, and unfortunately Final Fantasy VIII, which I did not personally like. I know a lot of people like that game, but personally I did not like it at all. But Parasite Eve was the one I played first, and that really feels, it just always felt like a Christmas game to me, especially since the whole story takes place around Christmas. It's just feels, it felt like I was back home in some way, kind of felt like it just because it was winter and everything. I grew up in Michigan, then I moved down south for work, and um, yeah, the winters in Virginia are a lot different than they were back in Michigan. <laughs> I I think that's maybe snowed like a handful of times since I've been here. Or at least times when I actually consider it to be real snow. Anyway, yeah, I got through most of Parasite Eve so far. I'm just taking my time with it. I I just didn't feel like sitting down and plowing through it in a day or two. It I just kind of feel like it it's a better experience for me when I kind of just play a game like that for a couple for like an hour or two at a time. Especially since I'm really terrible at it, and I I need to take breaks because I'm just I just get frustrated with it now. It's 
especially when I look back and I think to myself, how did I get through this part when I was a kid? It's one of those strange things where you don't really think about it at the time uh, when you're playing through these things. And then when you come back like 20 plus years later and you sort of have lost a lot of what you had back then. Yeah, I'm just kind of rambling right now. It's just one of the weird things I noticed while I was playing that game. It was a, it was a fun one. I really enjoy Parasite Eve, but some of it can be just really frustrating. Should be done with it, though, and then I can kind of just get the footage to where I need it to be and, you know, do another episode on that. So if you do follow me on YouTube, you might see a, uh, an episode of Talking Pixels on Parasite Eve. And then you can tell me that they're not pixels, they're polygons, and I'll just sort of shrug my shoulders and be like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe I could have named the series something different, but, you know, whatever. I could say that with all the series I do on YouTube, with the exception of, you know, the, the book reviews. I think I kind of got those nailed down. But, you know, whatever. You'll probably see that eventually. A nice, nice little episode on Parasite Eve, and hopefully it'll... Hopefully it'll snow before I actually finish the thing and get to the video so I can have some, just some footage of snow falling here. It would be really nice. It's probably the only thing that I miss is seeing snowfall. I don't miss being out in the snow, but I do miss seeing it fall every once in a while. There is one thing that I really want to talk about, though, and that is... Um, that is that is the books that I've been reading this week. Uh, I've read two so far. That one, the first one was Game Over by David Sheff, and that one was pretty good. I think I've got like the third edition or something like that. It's been reprinted so many times over the years, and I managed to read through that one this week, and then started on another one, which is by a Dota Two broadcaster. So that one's kind of interesting to me. I don't really have a lot of frame of reference for what he's talking about because I don't really play that type of game, but it's still interesting nonetheless because it just talks about all the different things that he's gone through while he's been trying to break into esports. Some of the issues that he's had, some of the incidents that he's, you know, unfortunately had to go through. Many of them are just because he was younger at the time. So he made a lot of young dumb mistakes when he was growing up, not really growing up, just while he was getting into, you know, broadcasting on Twitch, broadcasting himself, live streaming, that sort of thing. It's a pretty interesting read so far. I'm probably going to do a review on it at some point. I find most of the books that I do read, I do end up doing reviews on them, especially if they have anything to do with video games in any way. And this one, I think, is a pretty important one, because the guy, he doesn't really... Oh gosh, how can I put this? I'm just kind of filling time for the moment. He's... He kind of admits what he does wrong, and he does bring up some of the things that I think, you know... He, he brings up some of the things that he should bring up, but I always have to remind myself that it's skewed in some way. We're not getting the entire story whenever he brings up these things. 
we're only getting his half of it, or in some cases, his third of it. So when he's talking about certain people, I kind of feel like maybe we need the other person's perspective or something along those lines. And that's going to be on me to kind of go and find it. It's obviously not up to him to present all sides because it's him telling his story to the audience. And then, and then it's up to the audience if they want to go and find it. It's one of the weird things about books like this that I like. And it's one of the things about, you know, doing reviews of them that I don't necessarily like. It's the hunting and finding for more facts that you kind of wish were in the book, but you also have to understand why they aren't. That's kind of the only thing I really wanted to mention from the second book that I read. Uh, that one is called Surviving Esports. But getting back to uh, David Sheff and Game Over, that one is that one was a book that is filled with stories that I have heard before. And I kind of feel like Game Over is where a lot of those stories came from. Just reading through them, I'm like, oh, okay, I I've, I've can now see where certain YouTubers that I really like have gotten some of their information from, or maybe where the source that they took information from got their stuff from. It's kind of an interesting look into what Nintendo was at the time. And it's kind of like another book that I read a while ago now. Um, that one was on Super Mario Brothers 2. And it kind of felt like, well, okay, this is all in, this is all old information for me at this point. Uh, that's kind of the way I feel with Game Over, but I have to remind myself this is kind of where a lot of that information came from. And he does add more to it, so it's not just what you would see in a in a YouTube video. It's he goes into more detail. And I like that and I understand why some of it was left out because you don't necessarily want to tell, you know, like a 13 hour video about this book and everything that was inside of it. You want to kind of cut that down a little bit. So reading through game over, I was like, oh okay, I can see where the basis for a lot of other research has been done, and the basis for other books has come from. Because you get all of the stories that are really interesting. You kind of hear about the lawsuit with Universal. You hear about Tetris. You hear about, you know, the lawsuits with Tengen. You get some of the... You get some of the connective stuff to it presented in a nice way. In other ways, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like David jumps around in the timeline a bit too much for me, and that's just because I'm looking at it in hindsight. I know how the stories are going to play out, so I don't necessarily need to kind of go through it that way. And a lot of my notes are, "Yep, this is what happened at the same time these other four things were going on." Or, oh, okay, I'll write down, this is what, you know, was going on here. You also had the Tengen lawsuit, the Atari lawsuit. You also had Sega being, you know, Sega and actually gaining market share. You have, like, this one story where he kind of leaves it on a cliffhanger, and I'm like, 
in my notes, I'm filling in the blank for what's going to happen next. So it's one of the books where I felt like I could probably have skipped around more in it, but I just wanted to keep reading for some reason or another, mostly because it was a really good book, and mostly because I just I just really like the stories. I, I like seeing where they're going to go and that sort of stuff. And, you know, Game Over is written very well. I, I really enjoyed reading through it and everything like that. I was also planning on doing something else. I was going to write up an article over um, video games being used for educational purposes. Because that's kind of been some of the stuff that I've read. It pops up a lot in some of like the uh, psychological studies and that sort of things when you get into books that go into that kind of stuff. And in this case, it was more looking at them from an educational standpoint. So you get, you get kind of the idea of how they could be used to teach people different things. And at the time period that these were written, it kind of felt like they were a response to moral panics that were going on at the time. So in the late 90s, and honestly before that, ever since video games came around, but especially in the late 90s, people start freaking out because some people with, and I'm just going to say it, nothing better to do, decided that video games were the root of all evil, and they were responsible for school shootings, despite absolutely no evidence to support that. And yeah, you had a lot of just, you had a lot of people who just should have been doing something better with their lives, going after video games. In some cases, I agree with them. They There were some things in video games that probably didn't need to be there. And you had some companies pushing boundaries that didn't necessarily need to be pushed. This is all just my opinion, so that Take that with a grain of salt or two. But in these books that I was reading, they were by uh, James Paul Gee, they really did a good job of explaining, you know, what video games could do, like how they could be used to teach people different things. And that part I found very interesting. And it made a lot of sense when you read through it. I don't necessarily agree with everything he put in there, but you do see him kind of holding up the flag or carry, kind of uh, going to the battlements or something like that, just really fighting the good fight for video games. And he brings up that, yeah, well, there is violence in video games, that sort of thing. It's not, it's not harmful, and it can be used to actually teach people things, as opposed to, you know, Oh gosh, I don't really have a good word for these other people. I guess just, you know, we can call them Karens. That's probably the best thing to put it. It's a bunch of people with nothing better to do. And them trying to impose their own morals on society. It's just sort of a response to them and saying, Hey, not every video game is terrible. The stuff that you're saying doesn't always make sense. and you're just kind of full of shit. At least that's what I got. And, you know, someone had pointed that out to me in my review. You know, hey, this kind of feels like a response to that. And they're, I think they're right. 
these books by like James Paul Gee and by other authors as well, there were a lot of way, a lot of uh, ways that people were trying to react to just the moral panic around video games, and it still pops up every now and then, just because it's kind of a popular thing to kind of just troll out and say, well, you know, it's violent media. That's that's what's wrong with the world. You know, we need to get rid of violence in our media, and then everything else will be fine. And there's just no real evidence to support that another book that I have that I just haven't been able to get into yet that goes a little bit more into it and that one's that one was published recently and it gets into all the the different craziness that's going going on and how video games are kind of helping people cope with stuff I it's just kind of boring a little bit at the moment it's one of those books that it's hard to get into and so I just haven't really dug into that one as much as I have the other ones I've talked about. I I feel like I have four or five books that are just that I'm that are in like different stages of me reading them. I I don't know. That's just kind of the way things have been going for like the last couple of years. I would have one book in my my bag for when I was going to work. I'd have another book here that I would read at home, and then I'd have another one that I just had to take a break from or something like that. Okay, so just two more things that I did this week that, uh, or last week, really. Two more things that I did last week that I'll, I'll just mention. Uh, I was, I wrote an article on a Game Boy game called Quirk, just because I, I wanted to get this thing going. I, I want to kind of go through and do a bunch of reviews on Game Boy games, just because it's a system that I, I don't really know a whole lot about. I maybe have like four or five that I've played a lot of, and they're usually like the popular ones. I really wanted to dive into all the weird and crazy stuff that I have and go through that, especially since like the the Game Boy Pocket's really one of my favorite systems that Nintendo put out, and I didn't really do a lot. I haven't really played a whole lot with it. It's a lot of fun to play those games, and I kind of wanted to sit down and go through and do reviews of those different games. So I just kind of plucked Quirk out of my my pile of uh, Game Boy games, and it was a lot of fun. It's a really simple puzzle game, and you play as a tomato. I, I don't know. It's It's just one of those weird things where, you know, you're playing as a tomato and you're going through these little kind of simple dungeons and moving stuff around. It sounds probably the most like a video game. And when I was writing up the article, I kind of felt that way. Like, if I had to describe this to somebody who had no concept of what a video game was, and I was explaining to them, hey, you play as a tomato and you're just sort of moving around. There's no real rhyme or reason as to why you're a tomato. It doesn't play into anything else in the game. Just know that your character is a tomato. And you have to make it through these different dungeons. You don't need to know why you're there or anything. Just know that you're a tomato and you need to make it to the staircase to go up to the next level. I wonder how many other times people have like tried to explain a, a video game to someone... And it just doesn't make any sense. It kind of feels like when you try to explain something to your grandparents. I'm assuming you all have better relationships with your grandparents than I do. 
but whenever I would have to explain something to them, they would just kind of give you that look like, oh, that sounds really stupid. And I'm guessing your grandparents wouldn't tell you that to your face, but mine would, or at least <laughs> at least two of them would. Uh, the, the other two wouldn't. They would just stare at me confused. But whatever, we don't need to go into that craziness. It was just something kind of strange while I was going through Quirk, and I was trying to describe the game and sort of add more to it, and I was kind of running out of stuff that I could add in there, because, you know, it's, it's not much to it, really. Just a tomato trying to get from one side of the screen to the other and go up the stairs or move on to the next screen. And it's really a lot of fun. So that was just one of the crazy things, and... I'm not really sure what uh, Game Boy game I'm going to be going through next. I'm probably going to play one of the Pokemon games that I just never got around to, which I'm sure is probably just a horrifying thing to some people. But yeah, I, I never, I only really played like Red, Blue, Yellow, and then uh, Shield, and then Diamond. So there's a whole lot of other stuff that I've never gotten into. As I look at my collection, I just see a whole mess of games that I never got around to, which was kind of fun when uh, a bunch of my coworkers were like, oh my god, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing during lockdown and everything when we are forced to stay at home for a week at a time. And I just, I read those messages on our little group chat, and I glanced over at the, the giant wall of video games, and I was kind of like, I'm set. I kind of know what I'm going to be doing. It, you know, it's probably one of the few times something like that has really come in handy. Just having this giant wall of video games that I can go through and kind of get back to and play. Or pick up some of the weird ones that I just kind of tested to see if they worked. And then set them back on the shelf and haven't really given them the, I guess, the proper amount of time that I probably should have given them. Or given them like a serious try. I guess that's probably better. Like, really sat down and actually gone through some of that stuff. I managed to do quite a bit of that last year, but, you know, we've got a whole nother year ahead of us, so maybe something else will pop up. You never know. So anyway, what is coming up for next week? Uh, I need to start getting... I made a promise to one person. I need to get into some of the Game Gear games. Because somebody asked me if I could do a video on the Game Gear, and I was like, yeah, sure, I, I could do that. I know a little bit about it, not a whole lot, so I think I'm going to go through and do something on a few of the Game Gear games that I have. It, there's a lot of systems I just haven't gone over when I'm, I'm making different YouTube videos and that sort of thing. Just a whole lot of different stuff I need to do. Need to a lot of books to read and a lot of games to play, a lot of people to talk to still, a lot of stuff to write. Just Sometimes it's hard to know where to start, and... Uh, it's a little bit too easy to end when you don't really need to, or you probably shouldn't be ending. But we'll we'll get around to all of it eventually. Anyway, guys, that's probably going to wrap it up. I don't want to stick around here and kind of overstay my welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, and, you know, just kind of have a good week and have a happy holidays. See you later, everybody.